Stephanie J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. What's up, besties? This is Danny J. Um, I'm so excited to have a guest on here who is a very special person to me. Um, I've been wanting her on this show for a long time, and we have I have so many things to to talk about. And actually, I what I have done, the work that I've done with this woman, um, I share a lot of different ideas that I get from her. So I'm just glad to have you on the show. Welcome, Miss Kelly, for to the Best Life Podcast. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so so, um, Ke- <laughs> so Kelly is my, uh, I guess I call you relationship coach. Although sometimes when I talk about you, I'm like, I don't know. She's like my therapist slash coach slash <laughs> I don't know what, like all the things for me. Um, and I'll kind of yeah. just share a background. I actually started working with Kelly in 2017 or 2016, actually, right after the end mm-hmm. of my marriage or kind of when I separated from my ex-husband. And then we worked for together for a few months, stopped working with her. And then probably for the last year, we've been working together. So um, I was really excited. I think the person who introduced me to you said that you were like a masculine, feminine relationship coach. And I think that was how I understood it. And I remember hearing at the time, and I know Jill and I have talked about this a little bit on the podcast, people were talking more about masculine, feminine energy, and that intrigued me. And so I -hmm. reached out to you. But I would love for you to share with our audience what you do, kind of what your role, what your real title is, (laughs) and how do you work with people? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I just, I adore you. And I'm so happy to be here and to meet Jill and spend some time with you ladies. Um, So yeah, I mean, so technically, I'm trained and educated as a depth psychotherapist. So I went to graduate school to become a traditional psychotherapist, but like in a specialty called depth psychology, which really looks at the way culture and nature and the personal and collective unconscious are all connected. It's, it's really amazing work. And um but I always knew I wanted to be in private practice and I always knew I wanted to do something a little bit non-traditional. So I also got certified in a bunch of different things, but including uh, coaching. So I'm sort of a hybrid between a therapist and a coach. Some of my clients call me their therapist. Some of my clients call me their coach and I, you call me what you want, you know, however I can serve you and help you on your journey is my deal. Um, But I, when I was in graduate school and I was working on my graduate thesis, uh, they always said it would choose you, you know, like if you just stayed open. I never in a million years thought I would be focusing on romantic relationship is the truth. I thought I was going to be doing trauma with, you know, other things. But when I was in graduate school, I was struck by a quote that Carl Jung said, where he said, anytime in a, a culture where a lot of individual people are suffering from the same personal pain, there's something trying to make itself known from the collective unconscious. And I thought, well, what is that? Because in the modern Western world, we've progressed so much, but we're still really struggling in this area of romantic relationship. And so that became, okay, well, what's that about, right? Like if we've advanced in technology and in all these places, why is the divorce rate still so high? Why are we still struggling? Why are more people struggling in some ways to find a partner, to navigate dating, to, you know, all that stuff. So that's kind of where my... 
research led me. Um, I was also kind of my own avatar. You know, I was like in my early 30s, single, still kind of trying to figure out my own stuff. Had done a lot of healing, but hadn't unlocked that piece yet. Knew what my patterns were with men, all that. And so anyways, I went on this journey and then uncovered a lot of really profound things that changed my life. And understanding polarity, which is the idea of masculine and feminine energy, um, is one of the things that just sort of unlocked that door. So it's pretty central to the work that I do now with people. And I work with women, I work with men, I work with couples. Um, but I would say my classic avatar is like a high achieving woman who's kicking ass in her life, but wants to also kick ass in her relationships. And uh. I help her on her journey. <laughs> okay, so let's let's go into the masculine feminine thing because I think we've talked a little bit about it. We've touched on it. And I remember when I first came to you, you were explaining the masculine feminine. And I remember saying, no, I am in my masculine. I'm masculine. And you were saying at your core or maybe your true nature. So we've talked and maybe mm -hmm. you could share more about this. Like your gender doesn't equal your the energy you choose. But like, can right. you help explain the masculine feminine? And then how do you know your true core? Because I was determined and sure that it was masculine. And then I was not really correct on that. Yeah. <laughs> but I was acting in a masculine yeah. energy. Well, yeah. Well, so it's a little bit tricky and it's nuanced because there's actually a lot to it. I think there's a lot of people sharing tidbits that like don't really understand how it all integrates. It's kind of a popular thing right now, which I think is great, but you got to really understand what it is. Otherwise, it's not going to help you. So essentially all human beings have masculine and feminine energy, whether you're a man or you're a woman or whatever. So you all, all of us carry, you know, and we're talking about it in terms of principle, like energy is like a principle. What does masculine energy look like? How does it operate? What does feminine energy look like? How does it operate? So any human being, just to kind of break it down, who is working is functioning in masculine energy. So if you're leading, if you're initiating, if you are saying, this is what I think, this is what I want, you're solving problems, you're tangibly creating something, um, you are functioning in masculine energy. If you are sitting in, and we would hope like in your personal relations, relationships, your interpersonal relationships, you're going to be more connected authentically, hopefully to your emotions and what you're feeling. And um, you're, it's more of a receptive mode. It's connected to intuition. It's connected to sensuality and sexuality. It's um, and so, and feminine energy says, I feel as opposed to saying, I think right. Masculine energy. So it's like, good thing to think about it's like if you go to work nobody's paying you for your feelings they're paying you for your competency what you can do what you can produce all that and i think what's amazing about the feminist movement is it created this opportunity for all women to go pursue our gifts and our talents right my mom was corporate businesswoman my whole life i watched her kick ass i think what's challenging about that is that then we kind of taught and conditioned women in our culture to over function in that masculine energy we take that with us into our relationships and then it creates some interesting dynamics, um, which we could get into. I don't know if you want me to go into deeper ideas about that. But basically, when you're working, you're functioning in masculine energy. In your interpersonal relationships, your romantic relationships, you have to choose. Do you want to sit more in primarily that feminine seat? Or do you want to primarily sit more in that masculine seat? No judgment. You can do what you want. But you have to understand that you're designed to be complements. It's, it's the idea that if you have two people that are exactly the same energy, they're going to repel. It neutralizes chemistry. Um, it creates conflict. Mm. Um, it, it doesn't work in a lasting way. Often you'll end up in a parent-child dynamic one way or another, right? So you're looking for a complementary energy where one of you's 
one of you is negative, one of you is positive, one of you is masculine, one of you is feminine. Now, I teach this a lot. You can change lanes in your relationship when you need to, but you have to kind of put your blinker on and signal to your partner that you're coming into that lane and that you're yielding that to each other so that you're both benefiting. It's kind of oversimplified, but that would be like the best (laughs) way I would just drop in on it. That is really great. That's definitely the best, um, like what we've heard. Cause you know, first I, and I want to talk about this a little bit, the sort of like judgment around it and this idea. And, but I guess I have like more of a high level question for you, which yeah. is, you know, is this biological, you know, like you said, everyone has these energies, mm-hmm. you know, we can think back to, I don't know, caveman times or whatever. And you think about the men go out and they hunt mm-hmm. and whatever, and the women, you know, stay back and they, they're more nurturing and take care of the children. And is that, like, is there a biological thing to that? Or is this just sort of a cultural thing that we've all kind of, we have all just adopted? Yeah, so it's the, that's the beautiful tension of it. And it's an excellent question. And so, um, so first caveat is to say, like, when I first discovered this, I bristled. There were things that I didn't like, I was uncomfortable with, I, you know, I, and women that I work with tend to do that at first, which is natural and normal. So just to normalize that. But what you start to realize, and this is not my little theory or somebody's theory, but it's very congruent with nature, with evolutionary biology and things that we can't override. You know, it's sort of like we live in this postmodern world where there's a lot of benefits to interpreting things in different ways. But there are some things, it's like if I... It's like if I said, I want to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to have blue eyes because that's what I want to have. Like if that's not going to happen, right? Um, so I think there is an evolutionary, like a biological evolutionary like aspect to it, 100%. And you can see it. It's um, And when you start to sort of opt, and I, when I first learned about this, I was like, I'm going to do this as an experiment. I'm going to learn everything that I can learn about it. And then I'm going to integrate it and then see what happens. And the reality is it blew my mind when I integrated it, despite my skepticism, these amazing things were happening and I was feeling better. And the men in my life were pursuing me and cherishing me. And like, I didn't even know a man could, I mean, I'm happily married now eight years to an extraordinary man. I didn't even think men like my husband existed. I didn't know I could be loved the way that I'm loved truthfully. Um, So, but I think what happens is we, but there is a temperamental variation in it, if that makes sense, right? So it's like, some of it is our condition, everything's nature, nurture. So it's also like, what environment were you raised in? What was modeled for you? I mean, I always say that your family system was your relationship blueprint. It's the very first human beings you were in relationship with. So that is gonna download as a baseline, good, bad, neutral, whatever, and that operates kind of without us knowing it. So that's, there's, there's these different things that I look at. You can't just look strictly at masculine, feminine energy isolated from these. You have to look at these other pieces that are connected to it. And that's one of the big pieces. And Danny J knows that from the work that we've done. Yeah. I, I, I like that you said, yeah. And I like that you said that you kind of bristled some of it because for me too, I think at the beginning I felt a little bit like this is one of the first things I think I shared on the podcast before, but it was about receiving and you talk about the feminine being in the receiving role. And I was dating at the time and you had asked me when the, when the check comes, what do you do? And I was like, I instantly jumped to grab and pay for it because I was so uncomfortable and wanted to make sure like I didn't have to go home with you if you were paying for my dinner. And I remember you Mm -hmm. challenging me to an experiment of just sit on my hands and 
let the check come and not do anything. And I was so uncomfortable with this, but I like that you said you kind of put these things into the practice to see what would happen. And so I started mm-hmm. doing some of these things like to work on receiving. And I know you said you work with a lot of um, high achieving women. And I think we have a lot of those listening to this show. And I think probably mm-hmm. Jill and I are some of those stereotypes of have a hard time receiving, um, want to take care of everything, and yeah. probably attract those kind of like we we've been in some of these dynamics. So what would you share to someone like to start to get more in their feminine? Like what are the kind of steps to do besides maybe something like that, like not paying for a dinner, but I don't know, just some little practices and ideas to make you feel like you're more in your feminine. Yeah. And what does that look like on a like practical level? Totally. Well, so first of all, you have to make sh- the, the goal really is to balance your own masculine and feminine energy. So it's like, that's my whole point is like, I almost think this is like the second half of the feminist movement, because it's like, I'm, it's like, we've got all this amazing masculine energy down, like, how do we also integrate that feminine, so that we get what we really want in life in every area? Does that make sense? It's about really becoming whole and healed and integrated. Um, so it's the idea that like, in my in my professional life, I lean into that masculine energy, but in my, in my marriage and in my relationships, I move into more of a receptive energy. I move into more of a place where I can be vulnerable. I communicate what I need and what I want. There's ways to do that that are more effective than others. That's a big part of the work I do is communication. You know that. Um, and so that's one of the pieces, but I think it's one of these things where a lot of women that I work with are very, they don't even know how to receive very well like being receiving is very uncomfortable and so one of those things is like just that's vulnerable it is vulnerable there's part of the reason that we like to lead and control and manage and give and we feel more comfortable giving is because there's some safety in it for us we can control and predict what's going to happen if we open ourselves up to potentially receiving what happens if we are get disappointed what if that person doesn't follow through what if does that make sense so there's this deeper work where we get to really value ourselves deeply and understand that we're the prize right and we respect and appreciate a masculine energy person who's trying to do things to help us feel good because that's what a healthy masculine integrated healthy masculine energy person does they want to do things that help you feel good does that make sense but if you're not even open to receiving that that can't happen so one of the things i teach women even my women who are single not dating i'm like i want you to just try to be open to the places that you can receive where do you receive support where do you allow people to give to you and it can be as simple as someone opening the car door for you somebody offering to take your grocery cart back to the front of the store it can be and it can and you and the idea is that you just want to open yourself with intention up to like where are small places I can start receiving. And how can I start creating I call it like a feel good hour where I'll give women assignments like cuz sometimes women will feel like well if I'm not being productive I feel like I'm, I can't I can't just do nothing. And I'm like I get that, but the reality is you have to balance that energy out because when we overwork we overproduce cortisol, which creates depression, anxiety, infertility, cancer, it wreaks havoc on our body back to some of the biological pieces, Jill. So the idea is it's, a, it's about really optimally taking care of you first and valuing yourself and then knowing how to navigate that in relationship with other. So you have to be able to cherish your own feelings because you teach other people how to treat you. So you need to know what you feel. You need to be able to identify it. You need to learn how to validate it, regulate it. So that's just sometimes I'm like, 
asking women, try to get more in conscious contact with what you're actually feeling. Name it. I'm sad. I'm happy. I'm content. I'm depressed. I'm lonely. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm whatever it may be. I'm angry. Right. And then validate yourself for having the feeling. Don't judge it. You can't, you cannot rationalize away emotions, right? You can repress them. You can numb them with addictions, but they're going to come somewhere. This is why people 20 years later have, you know, stuff that comes up from their past and they're like, oh my gosh, I thought I was dealt with this. Like, no, you just pushed it, pushed it down. down. Right. Yeah. So part of, so yeah. it's, um, I, go ahead. No, please go for no, it. No, no, go Joe. I think we're on a little bit of a delay. So I apologize. <laughs> oh, it's okay. So I think I'm like cutting you off by accident. I apologize about that, but go ahead. You were, we were on a roll. Yeah, no. So, so just to answer your question. So where are small places that you receive and you're like, evaluate it intentionally open yourself up to places to receive and then be grateful for it. Like learn how to like, mm. and it's sort of like I had a client recently who had the same bristling effect when she hadn't been dating in a while. And I said, well, what happens when the bill pays? She's like, well, I always pay or offer to pay or pay half or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, you don't think that you're worth a $30 meal. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you teaching this person that you're sitting in front of? Mm that you're not worth like if he if he's asked you out and this is this goes back to masculine feminine too masculine energy gives in very tangible ways right if they're the tangible concrete givers feminine energy gives back once it's it's been given to but it gives back more abstractly feminine energy shows up and gives back with appreciation gratitude respect beauty sensuality being emotionally available. Those are all gifts to the world. Those are all gifts to the men in your life. Does that make sense? And so it's about giving them. Yeah, this sounds pretty good, Kelly. <laughs> this sounds pretty good. Why do we resist it? Because I think we haven't been taught it. I mean, I, I so I'm like launching a, an academy called Love Bravely Academy, where I'm literally, the reason I'm doing it is because I'm like, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. The reason that you're struggling it's because you honest to God don't know what you don't know. That was true for me. And I was seeking, 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 seeking. So now it's like I'm sure. Tr- and then I've worked now for a decade with like hundreds of people individually. Um, and I just want to help people understand this in a way that it can be applied in their life. Well, I think part of it. You, yeah, I think part you mentioned is our modern society and what we value. So when you said the women's gifts are more intangible, like sensuality, beauty, respect, appreciation, it's almost like like stay at home moms, right? They have such a hard job, but they're not paid in dollars. And in society, it's like how much money you make is what you're worth. And so this is why I guess, you know, if a a man is, you know, buying you dinner or um, giving you gifts, bringing you flowers, you feel like if they give you something tangible, you have to give something tangible back, like your body or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So I feel like part of it is the way our society hasn't put as much um, value on us as a person, or maybe it's just a self-worth thing. I don't know. Or maybe it's a combination. Like we don't feel worth it. Like you said, you're not worth a $30 dinner. That made me kind of go, oh shit. You know, that's, that's real. Like somebody might just be Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, this might be a good time to tell Kelly the story about Vegas when you wanted to get the free drink. (laughs) Well, I think I learned this from Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) I started I started use I started using what you taught probably to another level that wasn't what you wanted but um yeah (laughs) wait was it Vegas 
Yeah, we were at a club in Vegas and we walk in and oh. the bouncer says, these gentlemen would like to buy you drinks. So Danny goes, yeah, let's just get free drinks from them, right? And at I go, cost? but at what cost? Like, what do we have to now do? Because so I was like, no, I'm paying for my own drink. Like, I, I don't want to like have to sit with people I don't know mm-hmm. and like whatever. So for me, it, it is definitely like a power thing mm-hmm. because and the, I'm sure this is exactly, you know, what you help your clients with, which is if I do like receive mm-hmm. now I'm on the hook for something. Mm-hmm. Right. And like now I have to do something I might not want to do yes. and it feels very tit for tat and I'm sure there are plenty of people who don't have that issue but for me that's definitely a big yeah one. no I think plenty of people have that issue and I think it's a fair thing and I think it, I think part of it goes to this fact that we we value equality at every level mm-hmm. and so the problem is we're not really after equality works great in professional and our professional life and sports and you know certain aspects it doesn't work good in romantic relationship mm. I don't if my husband is exactly equal to me why the fuck do I need him? Mm. I'm not looking for equality. I'm looking for equity. I'm looking for him to bring something unique to me that I benefit from that I can't give myself and vice versa. Does that make sense? So, so there's, so I think what happens sometimes is we think of like, well, you do this. So I have to do exactly that. And you do this and I have to do exactly like, this. and it's like, no, he gives this way and you give back this way. Yeah. But you also have the, it's not, it's also not like an expectation, like, hey, I bought you that drink now. I need like, you know, you need to like lay down for me. No, absolutely not. Right. right? And I think if a man behaves that way, like out of here. No, this is a beautiful woman and you value her accordingly or you lose access to her. And you don't it's have funny to be a bitch actually, about it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Just, we mm-hmm. And that's what's hard, too. It's like, you know, we actually mm-hmm. asked a couple of our guy friends, we're like, hey, if you offer to buy a woman a drink, are they obligated to talk to you? And they said, they're only, I only get them for the time it takes to for the drink to come. 100%. Like, that's what I'm buying. I'm buying the, the opportunity. time that it takes mm-hmm. for the drink to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that. I was like, okay, that, because here's the thing is like, maybe one of those guys in Vegas was going to be fun or funny or whatever, you know, and, but we wouldn't, you know, so it's, it's one of those things. That, one of my bridesmaids and good friends, she met her husband in Vegas and he bought her a drink just like that. <laughs> I love it. Literally. Well, I had, yeah, I had, and they're happily, happily married. <laughs> I had said, I have my, this vagina my whole life. It's time to cash in. So that was my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the last piece of the story. I'm like, okay, that part out. I am. It's time to cash in. I well, got to get these free drinks now. Okay, okay. So there's some layers to this. I want to like unpack because this is there's so much good stuff in this. So first of all, back to what Jill is saying. I do believe this is my perspective on all of this. That if a man asks if he can do something for you, like buy you a drink, buy you a dinner, I do believe as a as a good feminine energy woman and just as a good person, human being. I owe him the respect and appreciation that he did that. That was his hard-earned money. He's making a decision to want to spend some of it on me for the opportunity to have an exchange with me. I can at the very least be flattered and be grateful that he's willing to do that. And I think when women get into, and that's being like in a proper queen energy. Does that make sense? When I would say, Danny J, you were operating a little bit in like selfish princess energy. Like I'm going <laughs> to use what I got to get something right. So it's not about manipulating men to get what we want, but it is. God damn it. I know it's good for you though, but it is about valuing ourselves enough that we know that we're worthy of that. Mm. And if the man asks that, absolutely. Like he wants to spend some time in your presence. Great. Like get to know you. Let me get a sense of who you are. 
are you a good man or are you a con man or are you a narcissist or are you right and you you have to learn how to vet that out that's another piece of the work that i do so the thing is if you follow a lot of the things that i teach you get to figure out pretty clearly pretty quickly is this a good honorable man is this man just trying to get in my pants is this man a narcissist is this and you do that before you have sex with him because otherwise you bond through oxytocin and now you can't see him clearly. Your body will betray you. Mm, okay. So, <laughs> this is interesting. We did, Danny was, we, this was a little bit, I want to say tough for Danny, but I remember like, <laughs> was, it was Kelly who was like, well, that's okay, why I, I stopped working with, with her for a while. <laughs> <laughs> tell the truth, girl. Tell the truth. I mean, I had to go, and, I had to go have sex and, and she was she encouraging back, me not to. And she came back. <laughs> I came back. She was like, don't sleep with them until you're in a relationship. I'm like, no, I'm not about to get in a relationship right now. I just need to sleep around. <laughs> so so we just have to stop our work. But thanks for giving me the tip to get free drinks. <laughs> Kelly's like, this is not what I do. You just took everything out of context. Listen, no, sometimes it's phase one. Sometimes it's phase one. It was pre-phase and, one. And I can't tell you. Yeah. You know, it's like pre-algebra. I'm not there yet. Yeah. But I think that's very common. And I have no judgment. I love all my, you, and my whole thing is, look, I want to equip you with information that you can use to make decisions. I'm going to support you wherever you are. But when I give you that insight and then you go do you and you come back and now you're crying, I'm like, I, t- I kind of told you, but okay, now let's work from here. Right. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and I know that you've obviously worked through this with Danny, but, um, and I'm sure you know that the the podcast started out of like, you know, being married and infidelity and things like mm-hmm. that. And there is this feeling when you sort of hear this. So Danny, when she moved to LA, we went to a David Dita yeah. conference or what an event. And um, we didn't really stay that long because people started giving people back massages and we just weren't comfortable with that. So we took off. But yeah. One of the um, one of the things we started looking at this idea of masculine feminine energy. It's really easy to almost feel like you are at fault for your husband having an affair mm-hmm. because you look at um, and I know Danny's husband at the time said, "Well, you don't need me," and you know my relationship was a little bit different. But how do you make sense of that when you sort of blame yourself mm-hmm. for being like I was in my masculine, which means that I forced this person to have an affair, which I know it's not true. But then you start to be like, is this just like, is anyone going to love me for me? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like, or do I need to completely change? And, yes. and I guess I'll just asterisk this with when I think about like personally, when I think about feminine energy, I I'm from like Boston. And I don't know if you work with people from like the Northeast. They're very, the women that I grew up around are very hard women. They're, Mm -hmm strong women, they're driven, they're like, you know, super sharp, sarcastic, like Buster Balls energy. Mm-hmm. And so then you start to be like that, like a feminine, more receptive energy kind of feels weak. I hate to say that mm-hmm. word, but like you kind of feel like, well, I don't want to do that. It feels almost going backwards. Mm-hmm. And so can you kind of shy, I know that's like two separate questions, yeah. but can you kind of make sense of that a little bit? Because I know we do have some people who listen to yes. this who have gone through infidelity as well. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to try to, there's like so many things I could respond to in that. So I'll do my best. If I miss something, send me back. Sorry. No, it's fine. So listen, I think two things. One is that not I think that when you're in a relationship it's always about two people always and you are always personally responsible for your own choices period I don't care okay I do think what's valuable is to try to understand like how did we get here like pain is a feedback loop 
if I have pain in my knee, it sends a signal to my brain that tells me something's out of alignment. And I start to inquire, like, what happened? What's, where's, what's the root of that? I don't judge myself for having knee pain. I just go like, how did it get that way? And what do I need to do to heal it? That's essentially the approach that I take because it's true with emotional pain also. So if you end up in a situation in a relationship that's very painful, infidelity or some other form of pain in relationship, of course that's devastating. And of course that's not entirely your fault ever. And I think that it becomes an opportunity to go, okay, how did I get here? And what are the pieces that correlated and caused and contributed to this? And what pieces are mine that I can go work on and heal from? And what pieces are not mine that I don't need to take on? Does that make sense? And you have mm-hmm. to be able to untangle that. And I think it's very hard to do that by yourself. I think in my experience, you really have to have help with somebody who can help you do that, um, who knows what the hell they're doing. So that's one. I think, too, the tendency to you're talking about women who are very successful, very smart, very driven. Women like that, which I would maybe put all three of us in that category, have very high standards for ourselves. Do we not tend to work, tend to battle perfectionism? tend to like be drivers, right? So there's nothing wrong with healthy ambition and having a vision for your life and what you want to achieve and do. That's fine. Sometimes what we have to look at though is, are you overcompensating for something? Is there something, did you learn something in your childhood as a survival mechanism that's over-functioning mm-hmm. and, and driving majority of your personality? And is there a way to bring that into its proper balance? You can still kick ass and be great at work. All of us here are that way. Most, almost all the women that I work with are like that. Women who run multi-million dollar companies. Women, I have women all over the country. Um, so I have a bunch of clients in New York and on the East Coast and in California and like all over. So, and yes, there there is, I think kind of sometimes subcultures a little bit like depending on what your demographic is, but also now people live all over the place. So, um, and I was raised all by corporate businesswomen. I mean, I didn't have a stay at home. My mom was like, chopped off her hair, wore power suits, like ran a company, had drove a BMW. All her and her friends were like, don't get married till you're at least, don't you even think about getting married till you're at least 35. I mean, they just were like, <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. That's amazing. So, and it, what's beautiful about it is it made me successful. I went to graduate school. I ran a company, did all that. But I, I had that, but then I was struggling to figure out how to be successful in my romantic relationships. So it's a personal mm-hmm. choice. If you're, if you're so married to your career and that's all you want, good, go for you. Get it, girl. I have no judgment. But if you want that and you want a successful relationship, you're going to have the world we live in today. You're going to have to do some work to figure out how to do that in our world. Mm. It's not your great grandmother's. Mm-hmm. We're not living in our great grandmother's culture where everybody's sort of had these social norms of how they pursued each other and got married. And it's different now. You can have what you want. It's like, think how hard you worked at your career. Why do you think that your romantic relationship would just be easy or why you would just know Mm -hmm. how to do that or why someone would just show Mm -hmm. up and pursue you? By the way, men are just as fucking confused as women are. And, (laughs) and we can't talk about this stuff without also talking about men and their journey at some point. So we can talk about that. Um, But I do think there is this, I think we hold ourselves to a really high standard. And part of it is we have to have grace and compassion for ourselves and, um, and I have a lot, I can't tell you, this is such a common thing where when I, when I work with women like this and then they say to me, I was in a group called last week and I had two women break down and cry. They both were divorced and hyper independent and just said, I both bristled for a while till they got it. And then they were like, Oh my God, I get it. I just got it. And they're like, 
I was trained by my mother to be subservient to men. And then I married a man that took advantage of me and he was a narcissist. And now I'm like, screw men. I don't trust them at all. And so I have no point of reference, right? So sometimes we're in masculine energy because we're over, we're protecting ourselves. That's not healthy integration. That's all I'm saying. And each person has to figure out what that is. And again, temperamentally, some women are going to sit more naturally kind of, you know, in their feminine energy and some women are going to, so it's a, it's a choice and it's learning a skill just like anything else. So I, does that answer your question? Um, I, I really love this. I always love hearing your ideas around these things. And I've been something I've been wanting to ask you. One of the big reasons to have you on the podcast is Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. This has become a little bit more trendy to talk about feminine, masculine energy. And I've been seeing this, like these people who are in this space, almost using the sexual energy, saying like the sexual energy, almost equating sexual energy and feminine energy. So they're doing like this, they're saying to get into your feminine energy, you have to do this like body movement. And for as long as I've worked with you, I've never had you tell me to grind my hips in a circle and do pelvic movement and and that kind of thing. So I one, yeah. I don't know if you've seen this and know what I'm talking about, but I was I was really curious as to your thoughts around this because I feel like the feminine energy doesn't necessarily equal like you have to dance and and be a flowy seductress kind of thing. And I've just been seeing yeah. this and going, uh, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, no, it's a great question. So there are people like, you know, so David Data, I I love a lot of his work. He is also very kind of, he talks a lot about the sexual chemistry and energy and polarity with men and women. That's kind of his thing. Um, And there's some truth to that, no question. But I think, you know, you get to sort of, it doesn't mean that you have to do that in a way that that's being prescribed. Like a woman who's connected authentically to her feminine energy is comfortable in her body is connected to her own sensuality and her own sexuality and is open to receiving. I mean, just as women, we have vaginas, we receive when we have intercourse. That's like, just right. A man gives, <laughs> receives. And <laughs> I hope you guys are watching the video of this. Watch <laughs> Kelly's it, hand. And emotions. it's beautiful. And like, well, I did that at a conference yeah. once. And actually it was like, it was a, a Christian conference. It was hilarious. But I was like, okay, whenever we do this, and it was like, take your wrist and go like this. And I'm like, what did you just do? And I'm like, you made a penis. What is it doing? It's giving, right? I'm like, hey, go like this. Okay, you just made a vagina. What is it doing? And people were like, it's receiving. I'm like, no, it's not doing anything. It's waiting mm. to receive mm. and have pleasure. So... Does that make sense? Yeah. So there is this, mm-hmm. does that make sense? So there is this, this way we want to be connected to our bodies in a healthy way, right? So sometimes we have to work through healing if we've been, if we have some sexual abuse, if we have some things that have shut us down in the physical state. Um, does that mean we all need to become sexual temptresses? No, you know, but you, I would hope for every woman, you can get to a place where you can be, feel safe in your body 
and be open to receiving that pleasure in relationship with a man who knows what he's doing and can and that can be an expression of the relationship that you have together. It's beautiful when that happens and you can have real orgasms and in the right way. But, um, and I think there are women who also learn and sometimes it comes from wounding, but they also learn how to use their sexuality to manipulate men. That, that's not healthy feminine energy at all. That's what I'm saying. And that's usually coming from a wounded place. Um, does, does that make sense? It doesn't mean like in a relationship, you don't flirt with your partner and, you know what I mean? Like have that you play and you have for you. Yeah. And so you want chemistry, right? I always say the three things you have to have chemistry, communication, compatibility. And if you get inverted in your masculine feminine energy in the relationship, or you both are in this competing for the same energy, it neutralizes the chemistry. Or, you know, this Danny J, if a woman is over-functioning in masculine in her romantic relationship, it'll push a man into his feminine energy. Now you're in mama, little boy. So he's like, okay, give to me. I want to feel good. Give me your body, your time, your money, your energy. I'll take it. But he cares more about feeling good than he cares about you feeling good. And that's always a dangerous place for a woman. But you you have to learn to be the, the guardian for that. And if you don't know that, you're, how are you going to do that? Back to what I'm saying, Jill. We don't know what we don't know. And then we're like, I'm, and I meet a lot of women that are earnestly trying to do all the right things. And that's where they start to feel defeated. And that's where they start to feel like there must be something wrong with me. I must be not good enough. I must not be, because that was my thing. I was like, okay, let me give more. Let me show them how great I am. Let me be more accommodating. Let me be, right? Then you're going to see how great I am. And then you're going to want, like, then you're, and for some women, that's also sexual, right? And then they're going to want, you're going to want to choose me. You're, don't you see how great I am? Now you're going to commit to me and put a ring on my finger and be good to me. And the truth is the opposite was true. I was training those men that I was good and giving and amazing, and they could take that. But what happened was it neutralized our chemistry in a way where he wasn't hunting. He wasn't valuing me because I was overly available and I was giving him too much of a good thing. And so he wasn't hungry. And so he, he wanted to keep that, but there was no, um, he didn't, you know, it's sort of like, have you ever seen men like they'll covet like a really expensive car? And they'll dream about it and they'll want it and they'll work hard to earn whatever it costs to have that car. And then that car is like their, right. And it's because what they had to do to achieve being able to pay for it. That's why they value it. That's does it. Mm. And it's the same thing for us. If you recognize that you're the prize in that sense and that a man his in his deeper sense, like his higher self, his, his, purpose as a man is to provide protect and cherish women children and the planet and that when he does things to do that he's winning as a man and it gives him purpose there's something very profound about that so if you if you so for us it's like you kind of want to honor a man's nature by setting that up if you give him everything he'll take it you'll have fun for a little while but then he he won't value you at the way that you are really should be valued does that make sense and it's different for men and women yeah, because them. we're wired for monogamy and they're wired for polygamy. So they have to die to the polygamous part to choose one woman. But think about that. If he says, I'm going to give up all their vaginas for the rest of my life, that's a pretty big deal. To us, we don't have an equivalent. I mean, we're worth it. We are worth it. But we have to act like we're worth it. <laughs> we have to believe it. <laughs> I have a, This makes a lot of sense. And I want to stay on the sexual thing one for one second because I'm wondering, do you find that a lot of women who do have this very – are more in their masculine in their work life – 
they in like especially in bed they just typically do want to be a little bit more submissive i've i've definitely been like that for a long time but i have actually found that i kind of want to be more submissive in my just relationship in general like i'm kind of lazy in my relationship to be honest i'm kind of mm-hmm. like can you do that can you make mm-hmm. dinner like i'm i'm more like like in a nice way like a, and i'm like you do it better you know like that kind of yeah. like energy but do you work with a lot of women who just do want to give over the whole sexual thing to their man because they're just like, this is the last place I want to be the boss? I think, I think that definitely is a part of it for certain women. No question. I think what I, I think that falls into a bigger theme, which is, and it's a little bit akin to what you're saying is I, I work with a lot of women that are like, listen, I'm tired. I have to make, I have decision fatigue. I have to make so many decisions and hold so many things. Like I just want somebody to be like a partner. I want somebody else to help you know, carry a load and, and help, you know, just rub my feet. Like it's this, it's the, which is receiving. Right. So I think sometimes it's like, we're craving that. And I think sexually when people are intimate for women, that's a really great, that's an easy place for them to be like, okay, I'm ready to receive, <laughs> you know? So yes. I think, and I, what I do think is also true is that when a man back to what you were saying earlier, Jill, that like sometimes it feels weak or it feels passive or it feels like I'm going to be a doormat or I feel like I'm losing my voice. All of that is a normal bristling reaction, but that's not what I'm advocating. What I'm advocating is that you're authentically connected to your emotions. You allow yourself to receive, you give back in appreciation and respect, and you move into this beautiful dance. And as you do that, it feels good. When a man really cares about how you feel and wants to provide, protect, and cherish and, and make you feel good and you can trust in his strength and his leadership and his strength, you naturally like want to fall into that because it feels good. This is why women test men all the time too. A lot of times women get combative or they go into that masculine because they're trying subconsciously to test his strength. Can I, is he strong enough? Can he handle me? Can I actually, can I actually lean into him and trust him? Relax. Mm -hmm. Or is he going to let me down? Am I going to have to pick up the slack? Am I going to have to fix it? Am I going to have to, does that make sense? And we do every time. No, I'm just kidding. Like some, (laughs) a lot of times, (laughs) but I think that's Danny and I's pattern for sure Mm -hmm. is having men in our lives historically, Mm -hmm. not necessarily right now, but historically having men in our lives who can't hold it down. Mm And have shown that they can hold it down. And I don't know which comes first, chicken or the egg. Is it because we've been more in our masculine mm-hmm. or have we had to step up into our masculine because of those things? And probably it's a little bit Yes, both, 100%. To your point. To 100%. And I think that my experience is that when women are consciously or not really show up a lot in their masculine energy, they will attract men who are more passive who are looking for a woman that will take care of them to some degree or a woman. Does that make sense? Um, Mm -hmm. But the opposite is true. When a woman gets really good at moving into her feminine energy, when she wants to in her relationship area, she will start to attract more masculine energy, masculine energy to men, like healthy masculine, or she'll also potentially help shift the energy of the man that she's with. So like I have people who are already married or already in committed relationships where that dynamic is there. And then it's like, okay, let's, let's work at shifting this. And then what happens is, I mean, I've had couples like come to me, like, we're ready to get divorced. We just need you to like help us tell us how we're going to talk to our kids. (laughs) And then I got on this journey with them. And then they literally, it was like, they had a new marriage. They took their vows again in my office. They're happily married now. Amazing. Like, this is what I'm saying. It's like, that's why I say love bravely expect miracles because 
literally that's what happens. I don't know how else to explain it. Uh, I want to talk about that actually for people who are already in relationship. They feel like they're in a either non-polarized mm-hmm. dynamic or flipped dynamic and they want to switch it. Can just one person... Or they're not sure yeah, what they're yeah, in. Yeah, <laughs> can just one person work on themselves and shift the energy of the relationship or do they got to do they got to go to couples counseling or like how how can that work mm-hmm. yeah so my experience is a lot of times i will work with just a woman just the woman like i have a lot of women that will come work with me and they'll be like i need you to like get him to like you know <laughs> how can I? i'm like let's start with you you know <laughs> because because we're i mean it's like we're the foundation of all of our relationships. We're the common denominator. So let's figure out you first. And then, yeah, let's invite him into that energy. So men are designed to respond to us. So the thing about feminine energy is it's you're still actually having a tremendous amount of influence, but it's an indirect influence, not a direct influence. Like I'm not telling you what you need to do and how you need to do it. I'm telling you how I feel and what I need in order to, to be stay in this relationship would you be willing to do it? It's your choice. I respect you as a man. And he gets to say yes, or he gets to say no. But if he says no, consistently, then you know, mm-hmm. that's a man who doesn't want to cherish your feelings over his. And at some point, you say, thank you. It's been great. And I'm I got to go make myself available to for a man who's compatible with what I want. It's some of it's about compatibility at that level, too. So to answer your question, yes, a lot of times I'll work just with a woman help her get clarity, help her shift, give her tools around how to communicate, how to deal with her man and invite more of his masculine energy to manifest. And then we wait and see, does he do it? Is he able to do it? Mm -hmm. Or is he fight you all the way? Cause he doesn't want to give up the receiving seat. Is he a narcissist? Is he, Mm -hmm. is he a forever Peter Pan? Peter Pan's a lot of fun, (laughs) but he doesn't make a good lifelong partner. I'll say that. Well, just testimonial on that side is, I I mean, only I have been working with you and it hasn't been a couple's thing. Jeff hasn't. And I have learned over the last year that I'm the problem 90% of the time. No, (laughs) but no, I have learned that I can shift things. Shout out to Jeff. (laughs) I know. I, you know, I'll, I'll go in, you know, before I talk to Kelly with some relationship issue and then coming out, realizing what I can do about it. Don't tell Jeff anything you know, even though kind of I wanted to bring him to you, like, hey, you need to fix him. He's got the problem. Yeah. I go back to the relationship without having, quote, fixed him, do some shit myself, and suddenly things are better. Things are working. So I think that is, right. I think I just wanted you to kind of say it because I think one person can fix a relationship. I will say, you know, going through my divorce, when I wanted to make it work and my ex husband didn't, I was like, it does take two. So it does take two for sure, but it doesn't have to take two, weirdly. I think maybe if I had really wanted to work on it and had like done all the steps, I might have even been able to save my marriage. I'm glad I didn't because I think there was a lot of things that were off there. But I, I think it is really possible mm-hmm. to save a relationship with one person working on it. Yeah, because we're designed to respond to one another. Mm-hmm. So it's like people, it's like sometimes we want to get people to change. But people change when you change. They change in response to you. And people don't feel loved when they feel judged and controlled. They feel loved when they have the freedom to choose. But if you shift where you are and then you invite them to to love you in a different way or give you different things and see whether – and they have the right to ask you. 
for what they need and want. And they have the right to say, hey, no, I can't do that. Like I ask my husband for things sometimes Mm -hmm. and he'll be like, you know what, babe, I can't do that right now. Like, okay. It's not like, and that's the vulnerability piece. I have to be willing to ask and risk a little bit of rejection. Maybe I'm not going to get what I want, but that's, that's, that's a part of healthy relationship. If I can't be vulnerable with you, I can't have authentic relationship with you. Does that make sense? Right. And that also presupposes that your husband is comfortable rejecting you, right? Because I'm sure you have, you know, like you probably have people who don't want to say no, or they're like, they feel like they can't communicate, you know, honestly or whatever. Yeah. and So you have to also trust it that he can tell you the truth about how he feels. Yeah. I do think that men, because they're more, you know, they tend to be more rational a lot of the times. They actually respect if you're clear with them. Like men want to know how to win with you. This is why men like competitive sports and video games and they want to win. <laughs> they want to play a game and win. Okay. But the thing is they have no idea how to win with us. most of the time. So you have to help him know what or how can he win with you. And then you can't, and then you have to make sure that you're rewarding the right behavior and not punishing him and sending mixed signals. Cause otherwise he's going to be like, you know what? I just feel like I'm failing. I can, the men say this to me all the time. I feel like no matter what I do, it's never good enough for her or she's always criticizing me. And no matter what I try, so I, I forget, I forget it. I, I give up. And that's a man can really love a woman, but if he can't win with her and he feels constantly disrespected, which is his, the way that he ultimately a man feels loved when he feels respected. I was just talking to a male client last night about this in his marriage and he's a newlywed. And, um, it's like, but they need to know how to win with you. And then you have to let them win. If they can't win with you because you don't know what's going on with you or you're too, Mm. you're not clear. Then at some point they tap out because for a man, the worst thing for him is to feel like a failure. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just remember, I was trying to think about like, I feel like, do you ever see that show, Everybody Loves Raymond? Like, I feel like that show is like the pinnacle of like what we see in cultural, like, I don't know if you've ever seen that where the wife like is constantly nagging them. Yeah. And the, the, it's like kind of a dopey husband. Yeah, I don't like, like that show it is for that, that, very, that like, archetype. It feels very. Right. Kind of and I feel like we see men. that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we see that a lot in like, you know, in culture and stuff is like this very like nagging wife. And then like the stupid husband who's like already always messing mm-hmm. up and like, and obviously not feeling respected. But I feel like that's sort of what then we go, oh, yeah, these men really can't yes. you know, take care of shit. So we got to step yes. up and take care of shit, you know, so and it kind of just keeps that cycle going. So I love this idea of being able to even disrupt a current relationship if totally. you see that you want things to change it's not just like oh like we're just you know we're just not a good fit or we're both vying for the same position in the relationship mm-hmm. i guess we have to part ways it's like we can start to do things on our own to sort of switch that dynamic which is really exciting yeah you can do it from any phase like single starting today already dating in a committed relationship married like there's all these principles are very applicable and they work no matter what phase you're in there's some different nuance based on the scenario you're going through but um, but, but it's, it's principled. So it's true no matter where, what phase you're in. And that's what's exciting. Cause it's like, okay, well there's hope. And also I'm going to, fi- and I'm always like, listen, stay and get your lessons, figure it out. Because if you don't learn what at, at minimum, learn everything you can learn from this and maybe it's going to heal and be transformed and have kind of a resurrection like that marriage I was talking about that other couple but at the very least, you're going to have clarity if he's not the right one and you're going to be able to leave 
with mm. gratitude and grateful for where you have gained something and you're going to be interrupting that pattern because otherwise if you don't do the work you're just going to go date another version of the same man and be frustrated again and waste your precious time how mm, do you so know good. when is the right time like when you've done all the things when is it time to step away and go this isn't yeah i mean that's it's that's a little bit of a of a there isn't like a you know, it's like a canned answer for that as much as it's like, if you are with a man who, if you're really anchored and embodied and you value yourself, you've worked through some of this stuff, your baggage, you, you know, it's like, I always say like, whatever you learned in your families, you want to figure out this is stuff I want to keep from what my family was like. And here's the stuff I don't want to repeat. Right. So as you get yourself really, you know, in a good place, and then you're negotiating and asking for him to be in the masculine energy, if he's unwilling, if he's, consistently selfish, if he wants to put his feelings above your own, if he wants you to always um, lead, uh, financially provide, um, you know, accommodate what he wants to do and what he, you know, like then, you know, like, okay, this is not a man who's willing to be a real partner with me. He wants all the goodness I have to give, but he's Mm -hmm. not actually, what am I receiving? Right. There has to be that balance. Mm -hmm. And if you get really clear, that becomes, you can see it you can totally see it. And I think that's what can be really helpful too. Like, am I wasting my time? Is this, you know, whether it's like I'm dating four guys and I'm trying to figure out which one to choose, or like I've been in this six months, does it really have legs to be married? Like, you know, yeah, you gotta, don't don't you want to like, no, but there is a way to do that. And you, I feel like you would always ask me these three questions. I don't remember the three. It was like, is he 51% valuable to you? Is that one of them? Well, I'd ask you, Yes, because you would sometimes want to run. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, no, Danny. Chill. Help me out here. I know you know some stories. <laughs> this girl, I'm like, don't wreck the car, right? Uh, like, and so this is also where it's a good barometer, right? Like, if you're working with me, I can help you go. Like, no, I know I can't help her because I'm the same way. <laughs> Smallest thing, I'm like, how can I get out of my lease? Yeah, this is one of the other things I say, you guys, with a lot of love. Listen to me. I'm like. Don't listen to your fucking girlfriends. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I mean, you're not. God right, bless them. But it is funny. But they're, yeah, you're all at a brunch sharing the same stories and, you know, validating each other and then like kind of man hating. Yeah. And it's like, well, there's a lot of really great men out there. You just got to understand how to find one and attract one and work with it. And you can have a king and feel like a queen. It's just nobody in your immediate circles figured it out. So she doesn't know how, nobody's going to help you with it. Right. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the journey I had to painstakingly take in my own life. Yeah. And I had a relationship with a man who was a really great man. And I had a friend who had all kinds of Winnie Wet men. And she started in my ear about, you know, oh, screw him. And he's da, 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 da. And so then I was like, yeah, you're right. And then I like told him off so disrespectfully, did all this damage. I just, da, 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 da. and I literally, I always regretted it because later I realized like I, I did that mm. and I did it because I listened to her wounding and the advice that she was giving me. Mm-hmm. And she was like single as a dingleberry. <laughs> she didn't had no success in romantic <laughs> relationships. Why was I listening to her? Just because she was my friend since I was 12 years old. So it's like, you know, think about it. It's like, look, if I want to be financially successful, I'm going to go to somebody that has a great portfolio and knows how to manage money and can teach me something. If I want to be successful in a rented relationship, let me go find somebody who's like crushing it and understands these things. 
and you can love your friends, but they're not, if they're not crushing it in that area, like I really would like just logically go, eh, maybe I shouldn't really. But I, I end up having like a lot of girlfriends and sisters that start to work with me. And then they all kind of like kibitz and like, well, what would Kelly say? Well, okay, but did it, you know, they all kind of like have a little support group because they all start doing the work together and then they kind of help each other. It's cool. But yeah, you know, we can laugh and have grace for ourselves, but you know, uh, that's why I'm just sharing. That was my story. I'm like, I got to be discerning about who I'm listening to. No, it's so true. Even people who are experts, people will call themselves experts. They don't know. They don't know what they're talking about. Well, before you have to be careful. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's too much good stuff. So real quick, I want to kind of talk about the men a little bit here. So we're mm-hmm. in an interesting society where women are really put into this masculine role. And now I've been seeing this whole movement about like men's work and men being emasculated and toxic masculinity. And then I've seen people talk about it's not toxic masculinity. It's the absence of masculinity. What do you think is really going on in society with masculinity and men? Yeah, my gosh, it's such a great question. Um, I love working with men. It's been amazing for me to evolve into that through the years. And the men who work with me tend to really love working with me because I really understand as much as I can as a woman, I really understand men and I understand how they're wired and I I value them in a way. And so I'm able to help share that with women, if that makes sense. And there's, and then there's like a real coming together, right? So I think what's hard about being a man in our current culture is that they, you know, there was a quote of a book that I read by a man who, who does masculine work with men. And he said, you know, women complain to me all the time, like, where have all the good men gone? And he's like, well, quite honestly, you've turned them into women. You want them to sit and talk to you for hours about their feelings. And you want to like create equality and everything. And you want to create this whole energy that like is, is part of that. Part of what we have done is, we've overgiven to men it's like if you ever had like a mother who over mothers her son and he's too indulged and he expects women to do everything for him you know cook his food clean his do he doesn't you know there's like a he's more he's more passive in that and he's been taught that women should take care of him right so when we overgive so there's a whole developmental like psychology thing that we could talk about too is that there's there's stages for a young man when he's a boy he's he needs his mom to stay alive right literally your baby you're growing but there's an age you know when it when he reaches like preview you know pre-adolescence that he has he usually starts to reject his mom and start to gravitate towards his father or a father figure because he's trying to find his way as a man and part of that is he has to separate from this maternal figure that's his mother to learn how to be go be a man And so there's three ways men become men. They're either really well fathered or they end up on um, a spiritual path that helps them rise into and learn what it means to be a man. Or they fall in love with a really good woman who requires him to operate at that within himself and he will rise. But those are really the only three ways. Women can't raise men to be men in that, in any other sense. So men have been trained out. I talk to men all the time. They're like, am I supposed to pay? Is she supposed to pay? Am I supposed to open the door? I get, she busts my balls if I open the door. Like I can open my own door. You know, I like men get confused too. And then they get selfish. Like, all right, well, I don't have to do a whole lot to get laid. So let me just do that. 
it's really for so men. It's not think... a lot of times until they want to have children. They want a legacy. They want a life partner that they sometimes start to shift those things. Um, I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, or they've just been in their own stuff that they want to heal and become better men. So oh, some of it's the fatherlessness. Should I pay? The lack of father. Should figures. I pay for my boyfriend to come and see you? <laughs> so don't do that. I'm like, this sounds really great for Keith. Maybe I'll sign him up with Kelly. Like, Keith. <laughs> oh my god. Oh shit. Oh man. I know. I'm just kidding. No. no, he's great. I'm sure he is. Well, this is the thing. Is like, I, I, like, I have a client that I was talking to the other day, and he was kind of like a classic, like you know, fuck boy. He had a harem of women, and he was out all the time, and and then he had kind of his ego crash, and we so we started to work together, and um. And he learned so much. He didn't, his father died. He committed suicide when he was really young. And so we did all this work. And I literally like, was like, if this is what you want, this is what you have to line up with. And that's the big question. What do you want? You can have whatever you want to have. There's no judgment. But if what you want is this, then this is how we get there. It's just a matter of that. And then doing the work to do that. Everybody can do that. And most of us are all handed kind of a mixed bag with our families anyway, because our families aren't perfect. Yeah. I haven't met anybody who's come from a family that no. learned it all well from them. So you could, you know, it's also generational stuff. You get to kind of evolve and be better and grow and then have what you want. But do you want to take the journey to do that work or not? It's kind of, I think, the issue. The journey is the tough one. Love it. It's worth taking, I think, maybe some days. <laughs> It sounds like the outcome is amazing. Like, it sounds like, I mean, I don't know why. Because you essentially said that we can have the, like, power suit career. Like, you know, I think that's the fear, too, is, like, I don't, you know, like, I like, there's, you know, there's parts of my, of our lives, I think, and if someone's listening to this podcast, chances are they're very similar, that likes you know, being of in course. their masculine at times yeah. because it, they get shit done and they achieve and they, you know, and that feels really good. And so I love the idea of, you know, being able to sort of switch or toggle a little bit mm. based on sort of knowing. And, and honestly, it sounds like a nice sort of reprieve to be like, okay, I'm like, I'm off the stage now and I get to like, just go and like get taken care of and like have a great relationship with my partner and not have to be the boss all the time. So I love the idea that it's possible to do both. Well, I mean, I think that's the opposite. That's the optimal because think about it it's it's it's, these, it's like if a woman's in masculine energy in her work and in her personal life and in her relationships all the time that's like your bank account you're only making withdrawals you're never making deposits mm-hmm. where is that going to eventually lead yeah. you right so i'm saying like let's make some deposits and let's make some withdrawals and let's make some deposits and let's make some withdrawals so what i find is that and i love this like i work so hard you know, running my own business and doing all the things that I do that then I love to just relax into my husband's, you know, like his energy. Like, it's like, I want, I want to submit into that. And that's my whole thing about, I, I connect with a lot of women who are just, they're tired because they feel like they have to do it everywhere. But then the way that they're trying to get their man to be better men is by being their mother or their therapist. And that doesn't work. No, no man wants to have sex with his mother or his therapist. I'm sure there's a Pornhub search for that. <laughs> oh, At sure, least a stepmom. Sure 
What was uh, that show? The Soprano. Remember the Sopranos? The Sopranos had that <laughs> dynamic. Remember he was like in love oh, yeah. with his. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kelly. Yeah. I mean, there's archetypes we could talk about. But... Uh, this. Maybe we should do a part two. Maybe we should bring back Kelly for a part two and go through the archetypes. Yeah, that's that's love fun. to have you back for a part two. For right now, where can people find you and get their boyfriends and husbands to sign up with you? No. T- <laughs> no. <laughs> I will secretly transfer money into my boyfriend's <laughs> like, bank account oh gosh, and make an appointment gift. I just with want you. To share it with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's a gift to yourself. But y'all, right? but, um, y'all, yes, working yes. with Kelly has been life changing for me. Honestly, like to give you like full credit and not just. I just really adore your work, and I've been wanting to have you for a long time. And sometimes I don't want. I didn't want to share you because I didn't want you to be too busy. <laughs> But honestly, you do life-changing work. And it's, uh, I mean, and sh- sh- Kelly knows me more intimately than a lot of people because she is like a therapist. And it's not just relationships. Like you, the stuff you teach in this is really overarching in all of life. Like I've had so many insights in my mother and father relationships that have like bled into my personal relationships. It's been really, really mm-hmm. impactful for me obviously with my romantic mm-hmm. relationships, but it's been so much more than that. Like I was I was working with three different therapists last year and I just dropped everyone to work solely with you because I was getting the farthest with you and it was making the most impact for me. So I just want to share that because mm-hmm. you're just really good at what you do oh, and you're really you. smart. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. God bless you. Well, for me, this is like a vocation. Like I, I, this is my heart. I want to do this and help as many people as I can. That's a genuine thing for me. Um, and that's, I think part of the reason why I don't have children and that's a whole nother journey. Um, but I can talk about too, but I, I'm transparent with my, my clients, but, um, yeah, so, but I do, so I do work with people one-on-one in intensives, but I'm launching the love bravely Academy actually Monday enrollment opens. It's a 10 week program. And it's amazing. And it's really meant to help high achieving women go from single and dating to successfully married, if that's what you want. And to your point, there's so many other applications of where it benefits your life. But if we have a goal, I want to help you achieve it. And that's the work that I do. So you can go to kellyadami.com or starting Monday, you can go to lovebravelyacademy.com. Lovebravelyacademy.com. And on, yeah. And then on Instagram, it's, uh, it's Kelly Adami or Love Bravely Co. And can you spell your name? Because there's mm-hmm. a million ways to spell Kelly. And yeah, it's Kelly K E L L I Adami A D A M E. There we go. Perfect. But I would probably, I'd probably say go to Love Bravely Academy because that's where all the best stuff will be on Monday. There we go. And that's an easy one to remember and spell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Kelly, you are amazing. Thank you so much for being here and just giving your time and just so generously sharing your knowledge um, with our audience. And I'm sure they're going to absolutely love this. We'll definitely have you on for a part two. I think we could definitely go down the rabbit hole for sure. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, This is so great. You ladies are amazing. (laughs) So great to meet you, Jal. Thank thank you, Kelly. Yeah, you too. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.